must constantly look at things in a different way. The Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast was created by two physical therapists out of the desire to learn more about the different educational roles in physical therapy and healthcare and how healthcare education works by talking with educational leaders and people with different perspectives within physical therapy and across interdisciplinary lines on how education can be improved to disrupt the status quo of healthcare education. This is our journey and thanks for listening. Are you a third-year physical therapy student that excels on tests when you have study guides, checklists, and deadlines? With all of the information available about how to prepare for the NPTE, it's easy to get disorganized and not feel prepared going into the big day. NPTE Prep Success is an online course that provides PT students easy-to-use study guides and step-by-step guidance through the NPTE preparation. To learn more, visit kylericeprep.com. Thank you again all for your continued support, and now for the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Brandon Pollan, and I'm thankfully joined by the entire HET host team, so consisting, of course, with Dr. Stephanie Wyrock and Dr. F. Scott Fio. And uh, today, we're actually having a repeat guest on that was actually one of our very earlier guests, and actually, truthfully, one of the guys that was very helpful in us getting our podcast off the ground because when we first started off we had no idea what the heck we were doing so i am very grateful to this guest and of course his partner in crime dave kittle um so with that of course i'm very happy to welcome again the one and only rob vining um and today we're going to talk a little bit more about telehealth but also kind of in some different ways that rob has been kind of learning and finding that kind of digital education through his platforms and other different things can be a nice helpful adjunct um to a lot of the things that are currently being done in this realm so rob thanks again so much for joining man it's always a pleasure to have you yeah thank you for having me back um this is you guys have just blown up tremendously so it's always great to see you know you add another co-host you grow like a weed i see these numbers saying here's how many downloads here's how many downloads i'm like yeah there it is. That's the winning combination right there. So it's always fun to see that happening. Well, and we're so appreciative again. And of course, Rob, I know, you know, we've had you on and I know a lot of people are familiar with you, but I recognize there are some that probably don't. Um, so would you kind of mind just giving a brief overview of who you are and even a little bit more so into how you got pushed more into telehealth and how it's kind of progressed? Because you've grown in telehealth quite a way since our first episode together. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Let's see, two minute summary. So, uh, graduated back in 2000, end of 2004, started using telehealth uh, at the beginning of 2005 uh, through a platform, uh, directpt.com. Started seeing patients uh, that were in Texas, but also a lot of them that were on boats and yachts offshore. So, they were just stumbling on to direct PT where I had typed in the title bar um, online physical therapy. And Google picked that up and threw it into the uh, search results. And people were searching for online physical therapy. And, you know, within a couple of months, I was on the first page within like first to third result, And I was getting patients that way that would uh, see me via MSN Messenger, which was a horrible platform with really choppy, choppy video quality. Um, and they pay me through PayPal and we would go through that. I'd see patients, you know, two or three times and they'd be done. So it was really nice to see from that perspective that it was really a thing. I got a lot of kickback from the profession early on saying, no, you're going to ruin the profession. Right. 
because you know nobody had really thought that this was even an option. Um, so that was fun. Uh, let's fast forward two and a half, three years later, Google changed their algorithm and my first page result became page 12 overnight. And so from that point, I had to really dive back into the clinic. Um, I'm trained in the, the McKinsey method. So that kind of made sense. Even through my early clinical days, I was using the McKinsey method, which is a lot of hands off until you absolutely need to touch the patient. Um, so that's kind of what sparked my interest to start back in the uh, mid 2000s. And then going forward, um, I'd say 2013, 2014, 2015, got back into it and started making software that was more or less kind of jumping the shark and, and going the realm of, I know it's going to be a thing in a few years from now. What is that entry point going to look like? And so my wife and I and our group of developers, we created uh, ptlive.me, which is a text telehealth and scheduling platform, which kind of helps people get in the door and kind of is that initial touch point that leads to either a telehealth or an in-clinic visit. Um, and that's kind of where we are today. Started the Telehealth 20 podcast, started telehealthpt.com, which is a massive educational space. I give away probably everything I can possibly make. Um, hundreds of hours of videos that are on telehealthpt.com. And then our uh, Telehealth PT Providers Facebook group now is, uh, I think it's over 4,400 PTs, a handful of PTAs, and that's been growing like a hockey stick. It almost 3 x last year alone. So we're looking forward to the uh, growth of 2020 and beyond. So that's where we're at now. I've really enjoyed uh, a lot of your content, Rob. I'm part of that telehealth group, and I have loved the conversations that take place in that group as well as the information that you share. I know some, it's been useful for me as a clinician. Awesome. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your involvement in and collaboration with the APTA in regards to working together towards telehealth? Yeah, sure. So this past summer, um, it was great because not only did I get to craft a, it was about a 40, I think 43 minute presentation that was kind of like telehealth 101 for anybody who is just thinking about like, how would that even work or what would we do? So they reached out to me and specifically we worked together and I created this piece of content that was really, I, I thought it was my best work. I even wore a suit for the thing and, and did this presentation that ended up really nicely put together um, and then just kind of gave that to them. They produced it and basically put it out in the um, APTA's learning center for a few weeks. Um, and then the other big thing that was a great thing that I really am happy with was I worked with the APTA's congressional liaison. And so Baruch and I uh, did like a tag team effort where I was at home on Zoom and he was taking the laptop to senatorial and congressional aides offices and introducing himself, introducing me, setting me down on a laptop. And I was like, this is an old reference, but like Max Hedrum in a box, basically talking to these congressional aides and senatorial aides. And they were the ones that were summarizing what would be needed to make telehealth physical therapy reimbursable for Medicare. So it was fun. I, I, I had a, another podcast that I was on talking about this and it was, it was kind of like a fencing match. You know, they would say, well, what about this? And I'd say, ha ha, I gotcha. Here's the answer for that. And they'd say, what about the statistics? And I'd have those in place. And it was really fun to see their eyes open up and realize that it was actually a thing. And so the positive impact and the outcome of that was the Connect for Health Act that has uh, bipartisan support right now in the House and the Senate. If that passes and when it passes, 
we're going to have a couple of different caveats that will let us treat and get reimbursed for edge cases through telehealth for that patient population that really needs our services. And that will help us kind of get in the door, get our proverbial, you know, camel's nose under the tent to where we can then show some numbers and then get blanket reimbursement, I'd say a year or two from now. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. And that was just Baruch and myself just doing some really good work. And I was happy oh, with that. How appropriate too, that you're lobbying a bill on telehealth and he brings you in on a computer yep. so yep. that you can explain all this stuff. I mean, yeah. I, like, I feel like that you, that would, that's the perfect way to do it. <laughs> yeah. It was super meta. And the funny thing was they asked after the first round, uh, they said, well, can you provide some examples with, you know, the Medicare age population? So there was, I put out a call and, and we had a video in place and it was funny because they just wanted that to be presentable, but they didn't want to see it. They're like, okay, yeah, you can do it. Okay. We're just making sure that you weren't, you know, full of crap and coming in here and just blowing smoke. Uh, now we can ask you all the, the difficult non-technical questions about this. And they really wanted to know how it was that we weren't going to, to milk Medicare for extra visits and dollars. And I just laid it out bluntly. And I was like, look, you've got clinics right now in hospital outpatient places that are seeing three to four patients an hour with one clinician. In telehealth, I can't do that. I'm one-on-one. -on -one, and I can't even like put a person on a machine and a timer and hit 10 minutes on a timer and walk away. I can't even do that. I need to be face-to-face -face with this person, teaching them, educating them, and getting them better as fast as possible. And that's where we're at right now. So it was like those lots of, lots of confused puppy dog moments where they're like, huh, okay. You know, and they tilt their head sideways and kind of think for a minute. And, but you could see the wheels turning. And I think that really helped get the ball rolling to get us that reimbursement that we're really looking forward to getting in the future. Yeah, Rob, you know, you bring up some good points, right? And I personally ha have always thought that physical therapists in general are pretty good problem solvers, right? I mean, we're just, we, we do adaptive equipment. We do adaptive exercises. We do, you know, we're all about adapting and rolling with the punches. So I feel like, you know, instead of trying to beat this thing down and, and keep it down, why not say right off the bat, yeah, it is a thing. Now, how can we adapt to it and make it work for, for benefit of everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, over the last even two years, uh, there's been a ton of changes. So if you wouldn't mind, tell our audience a little bit about some of the biggest changes that have taken place when it comes to telehealth recently. I would say probably the, the number one thing is just the acceptance that it's going to be a thing. Like the, I, I just found the other day, that there was a, a podcast that I had made commentary on about a year and a half ago um, where Jeff Moore, John Childs and Heidi Janinga was talking about, you know, where's telehealth in the future? And they were making predictions. And I think John Childs said like five to 10 years and Jeff Moore was pretty, pretty upfront and was like, I think it's going to be a lot sooner than that. And Heidi was like, you know, I think, you know, 2021, 2023, somewhere in there. And she had just released an updated uh, I think like top five things of 2020 and her number one thing was telehealth. So I think that's the writing on the wall when the biggest EMR provider looks at this and says, yeah, this is, you know, it's coming down faster than even I thought. Um, I think that's the number one thing is that people are seeing the writing on the wall right in the front of their face. It's no longer, I always say this, it's no longer a question of if, but when, and when I'm talking about the if or when it's more or less, when is your competitor going to be using this before you do 
Right. And not even competitor, but let's look at the VA, right? Mm-hmm. The VA is always kind of a good litmus test for what yeah. might be coming down the pipeline. They, they kind of have a little more leeway to try things out and experiment. There's been a yeah. lot of telehealth in the VA already. Yep, definitely. They had, I think last year, um, I think there was a, a study that came out that said that they did easily over a million video visits and they did it again in 2019 as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's going to hockey stick. It's going to keep increasing. These things, these cell phones, they're not going away. You know, we're not all going to just change overnight and go, ah, cell phones or technology. We throw it away. It's not happening. So we need to adapt on that and kind of grow with it. Um, and I think it's, it's just one of those things where patients are looking forward to this. You know, patients are going to start asking about this more and more. For sure, Rob. And, you know, one of the things that I think has been interesting when you were on one of our earlier episodes is kind of your final answer. I don't know if it was your final answer, but you mentioned it in our earlier episodes. If you had this really unique idea um, to be able to have students be able to view clinical education from different instructors live with the patient, of course, given HIPAA and everything worked out optimally, to be able for students to be able to see different styles, see different things. And I was like, that's such a very interesting and unique idea. And I think the very interesting thing is when you kind of reached out to me is you kind of, again, is that you've kind of done something somewhat similar in regards to um, kind of the telehealth PT library in terms of how you're kind of sharing and educating about this. Would you mind sharing a little bit more into that and kind of what you guys have done, what it's entailed, what you've learned from it, what the outreach or um, response has been? Just because I'm always fascinated when there are unique avenues and trials like that, how that's going and how that's working out. Yeah. And that's, it's one thing where my brain was in that mode of, okay, I know we need to not just like, I'm my whole goal in two years is to walk away and be like, I'm done. I'm not, uh, everybody else is the telehealth people. Nobody has to listen to me anymore because it's not, it's just a thing. It's just going to be a delivery model and everybody does it. That's my goal. So my whole thought and theory was, okay, I can't just be the person pumping out these visits because people are going to be like looking at me and going, well, he does it. He's the only guy that can do it. I was like, how do we get more people showing success with this so that more people see different examples? And so they feel like, huh, I bet you I could do that. And then they jump in, right? So the whole goal was to create a huge library of examples with, you know, stroke, pediatric, wound care, anything that you can think of. People need to see examples if they actually want to take in mind uh, some sort of concept of, oh, I can do it. it. You really need to see examples, kind of like clinical education. You need to see those examples first before you have the confidence to do it yourself, right? So in that case, um, we were kind of looking at different ways and avenues we could do it. And so we thought, all right, we'll do a contest. And through this contest, we were like, all right, we'll put a big old bag of money out in front of everybody and say, all right, here's the thing. You got to treat patients for free. Uh, they got to be over 30 minutes. So it's at least quality. Um, and by making it public and the, for the professionals knew that they were going to have these visits publicly available, then they were going to do the best job possible, right? Because that was the whole goal is to have a good quality library. So we kind of put this competition in place and it just ended December 1st. And we ended up with over 300 videos in that telehealth PT library. And that's that it's like well over 160, 170 hours worth of content that now physical therapists, and it's always going to be for free. That's the other thing. Um, Because I want that to be a resource for people so that we can grow this thing and, and really get the ball rolling. 
Well, and it is a library, right? So yes. in keeping true with the library. You keep it open 24 hours a day. It's digital too. So, you know, 24 hours a day. And I, I encourage people go download as many as you want. Keep on on an external hard drive and look for the great ones, right? We haven't got to a point where it's streamable yet or, you know, organized and people can rate it and review it. We're just keeping it very simple. The files are there. The diagnosis is there and you can search for it and download the ones you want to see. So it's been a great starting point because now as we're going on this, this second round and the more that I'm pushing out telehealth PT, people will ask the question that they used to ask six months ago, well, how, what does that even look like? And now I can go, go look at the library, pick something that matches what you would want to see and the niche area that you treat. And then you watch that and then you'll see, and it's not even going to be me. It's going to be somebody else treating this person. So it's had a huge impact. And I think that's part of the reason why um, this growth is just continuing to be more and more exponential. Yeah. And Rob, you know, of course on our show, we always have to play devil's advocate at times because I'm sure when you've kind of initially formed this and as it's gotten out the ground, I'm can only imagine there's been some constructive critiques about this and probably some issues brought up. Would you mind kind of sharing kind of what you've heard in terms of challenges to this kind of method of delivery, just because always want to play that devil's advocate part. Yeah, I, I would say that the number one thing that still continues even a decade and a half ago up to today is how can I do this without my hands? Like literally, what do I do seeing a patient without my hands? And the big thing I'll always come back with is, look, if you have to use your hands for every bit of your treatment and you're not using this thing between your ears, that's your assessment skills. That's your, that's your bread and butter. That gets you to the point of figuring out what to do with your hands. So if you're just going gung-ho and you're doing an assessment and you don't really care about what the patient's telling you, that's not going to be beneficial. Telehealth actually makes you use your ears, your eyes, and your brain to formulate that opinion of what's really going on with this patient. Because like we've seen, I mean, you can have a patient that has, you know, that needs pain science versus something that looks exactly like a lumbar radiculopathy, but it could just be stress-induced, right? How do you differentiate that? Do you have to use your hands? Sometimes you don't. And so between the, the constant fallback of saying, hey, worst case scenario, you triage them to somebody that they need to see. Okay, great, do that. Um, but a lot of people just think that you know, physical therapy has to be hands-on. And uh, an example I just brought up on a presentation I did yesterday was teledentistry is becoming a major player. And if you want to talk about a profession that really needs to, you know, have their tools in place and have everything hands-on and have the, the client and patient present, dentistry is a thing that I would say even surpasses physical therapy, but they've jumped into it with both feet. So we need to kind of grab our seat at the table and make sure that we're not left behind and utilize technology in a way that's going to let us have our appropriate and, and our correct place at the table in that hierarchy of triaging patients, you know, musculoskeletal care across that whole spectrum of everything we treat as therapists. What about the uh, library, Rob? Any kickback or negative feedback on the library? I would say that the only negative parts are people that don't understand that the patients have totally understood. This is not a like, ha, shocked you, gotcha. And we take their video and we, we you know, give it away. This is something where the patients have a full explanation given to them. They can disagree and say, no, I don't want to take part of this. 
And then the physical therapist can just treat them and not record it. And it's not a part of the library. So it's no big deal. Patients that read this and they look at that and they understand that this is not only going to be free for them, but beneficial for the therapist and other patients. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll buy in. This is totally fine. And then if anything comes up during the presentation or during the evaluation that seems a little awkward, then they can easily ask the patient or the provider to stop the recording and to not submit it. So we had a few of those and that's not right. a big deal. So, so mainly of, it's just the consent. Yeah, you get and, consent, and educational video release. And, and, and say, no, nah, I don't want that recorded. Absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, the telehealth 10K challenge. I know that that's something that you've been pushing and have been very passionate about. So give us a lowdown on that so that we can promote that. Yeah, so that is the, the whole challenge that creates the library. So that's kind of the end result is the library. And the Telehealth 10K Challenge is pretty much what we do is we give away every bit of content that's on telehealthpt.com. So it shows you how to create the tech that you need, how to set up a site, how to set up billing, payment, scheduling, uh, marketing component components. There's 22 hours of, of treatment where I go through the whole process of how I treat a patient and the ortho angle, um, you know, back, neck, knee, shoulder, all that stuff. So everything you could possibly need. We sell all that at the, at the cost is 299 bucks and that's for everything. So that's over a hundred hours of video. Um, we had software sponsors jump in this round, which gave all our competitors four free months of Blue Jay, PhysiTrack, Virtual Physical Therapist, Doxy, um, all these software products because they also know that they're trying to get into the space and they need users to get good feedback to create a better product. Um, so they're in it as well. Um, there's been people like Dave Kittle and Ron Miller, um, Aaron LeBauer. Uh, there's a whole, I think there's, uh, my brain's going to blank here, but we have people that are doing research that have, uh, that have also donated their services for about a four-month period to really let people have it as easy as possible to create a telehealth digital practice and to see how it is to treat patients and to see patients that way. And then our whole competition the first person that gets 100 qualified patient visits wins 10,000 bucks. So we just finished that up December 1st um, last year. And Irene Luke, um, physical therapist out in the state of Washington, won. She did 100 visits. Amazingly enough, she did it in less than a month. Like she knocked them out so fast. And I was seeing the library and hers just go incrementally up more and more. And I was like, what in the heck? And she was like, I'm winning this because I had interviewed her on the telehealth 20 podcast and she was just very upfront. She was like, I'm winning this. It's no big deal. I've got this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we had, um, we had so many other people that just really pushed forward and, and put the visit, the video visits in. And we ended up with over 300, I think we have 320 something videos in that library now. So it was, it was just a great team effort. Um, and then Irene came back and shared all about how she did it and, you know, the tips that she gave. So it started this nice flywheel to where our second round, now people can learn from Irene and then kind of just get that flywheel going again to grow another part of the library. I'm hoping to have at the end of 2020, at least 1500 videos. So I think it's a realistic expectation. For sure, Rob. And you know, one thing I, I just want to kind of ask you while you're kind of there, you kind of mentioned before about how you have different, you know, based on clinical specialty, are there certain areas that 
you're looking to get more specific coverage or videos in or areas that you're kind of like, I'm a little low in this area. Yeah. I would say in the neuro side of things is definitely on the low end. Um, we do have some video visits that show people with Parkinson's, um, people that are, that are coming back and recovering after uh, brain tumors, uh, surgery for brain tumors. So there's some that are in there, but I'd like to see more and more of, of that end of the spectrum. Um, it's a little tough and a little dicey when it comes to pediatric patients. But again, that's something where if the parent signs off and everybody's above board, you know, I'd like to have both parents signing off to where there's full consent. But I think it's another good thing because pediatric patients always kind of have that, uh, let's say mom's got two other kids and one of them are sick. Well, the other kid is going to miss their visit because mom doesn't want to bring the bucket of germs to the clinic, you know? So uh, pelvic health is another one. Again, it's a very touchy situation, um, but at the same time, it's one of those where there's some visits where it's just a lot of education. And when people can learn from that educational side and they're not necessarily learning about the, the hands-on component of it, a lot of times it's those analogies and the education that really will get patients over the hump. Um, so I would say those areas are weaker. Ortho's pretty heavy in the library right now. But I expect that to kind of mimic the percentages of what everybody works in, their different niche specialties. So I kind of see that growing, but I'd like to see more of everything. Yeah, Rob, you know, always a pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure to follow what you're doing. So glad to have you back on the show again. It's been too long. But uh, as you know, we like to wrap our show with uh, one final question. Uh, if you could change one aspect of higher education, whether it be DPT education or otherwise, what aspect would you change and how would you change it? I would definitely put in more education on telehealth that should be used as a uh, distribution model. So if everybody is well-versed in, you know, the hands-on component, the assessment, the analysis, the skills that you're going to need to actually figure out what's going on with the patient, just, you know, one half class that's the distribution model of using telehealth and using it safely, keeping the patient's information safe, figuring out what's the right platform for you. Um, and the DPT programs that I've done presentations to already, um, those are all up for free as well on telehealthpt.com as well. Everything I do, it, that's the caveat when DPT programs reach out and they're like, will you do a presentation? I'm like, can I put it out for free after? They're like, yep. So I just put it out there. Um, the students eat it up because it's 10 minutes of me talking and introducing myself and then it's Q and A and they always have great questions. So I know they're hungry for it and I think we need to provide it. Well, and Rob, if you, if you don't mind me asking, I know at the ELC relatively of this past year, 2019, that was actually kind of the focus of the Oxford debate uh, being should telehealth be a core competency in DPT entry-level education. Um, I, I, I can foreshadow kind of your responses yes to this, but I'm going to ask you to kind of support that a little bit differently than what you've already said today and even kind of address some of the critiques to that, shall we say, just to kind of get your thoughts on whether it's like your argument for whether it should be a core competency or not. Yeah. Uh, I think that it should be a core competency, but at the same time, we also need to learn those other soft skills and kind of incorporate the knowing how to actually pull out answers from patients and not to be, because on telehealth, you can't be quote unquote doctory. If that makes sense, you can't have the white coat on and the stethoscope and just, you tell me these answers. You can't do that at all. 
patients will not open up to you. You have to be friendly. You have to have those soft skills in place. And I think that would blend nicely having a class that soft skills and at the same time, you know, presenting models of seeing patients digitally. So I think those two things together would blend nicely. Um, and I just look forward to seeing that in the future. I just think that it's great that you offer all this free content for everybody, Rob. Um, I know that you've probably helped a lot of people start their uh, telehealth services in their clinics. So, you know, not only do we thank you for coming on the show today, but also I'd like to thank you just on behalf of the profession for doing what you're doing and putting out the content that you're doing. And because of that, I'm sure a lot of people want to contact you about any questions that they may have. So if anybody wants to reach out to you um, online or um, anything like that, do you have an email address or a social media site that they can reach out to if they do have questions? Yeah, definitely. I, I always push people towards the telehealth PT providers group on Facebook. Um, that way, whenever I answer one question in the group, it helps so many other people that are, that are kind of quiet in the group. We have more and more people that are starting to come out of the woodwork and go, I've been kind of lurking here for a year because they need that one or two specific questions answered before they feel comfortable jumping in. So if anybody has questions, I will definitely answer the questions that you have inside of that Facebook group, or you can reach out to me, Rob at ptlive.me. Um, that's my software company uh, email address. But on the Facebook group, I mean, it's such a supportive group. I would really love it to see more and more people in that group. Well, again, Rob, I, you know, we appreciate all that you've done again for AGT, but also for the profession. And of course, like everyone had kind of said, it's been a great having you on again and wish you continued success and, you know, with everything that you're doing, because I just, it's astonishing how much you've done and when I'm excited to even see what you're going to continue to do. So Rob, keep up the good work. Thanks so much. I really appreciate being on the show. Access to healthcare is one of the largest issues facing both providers and patients, as millions of people worldwide lack timely and affordable access to healthcare. Anywhere Healthcare, a telehealth platform, is a simple, low-cost option for providers and patients that eliminates the barriers to access to all kinds of healthcare. To find out more, check out anywhere.healthcare, which is available on our show notes. And if you use the code HET in all caps when you email to sign up, you'll save 25% off the total cost. Thank you for attending class today, and we hope that you learned something and gained value from the content. If you'd like to schedule office hours with us, feel free to add us on Twitter at HET Podcast, on Instagram, HET Podcast, on Facebook, the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, and the homepage, healthcareeducationtransformationpodcast.com. And for those of you following along in the syllabus, extra credit can be obtained by liking us, sharing us, and leaving a review. Let's continue our journey up Mount Educational Success as lifelong learners.